And as with the last couple of weeks, I'm going to be interweaving our readings into our sermon today. So have your Bibles open, be ready to be switching pages. We're going to be looking at a number of different texts together this morning. But we're in week three of four of our latest sermon series, which has been entitled More Than a Song. Because over the past few weeks, we've looked together at this idea that actually worship is about more than just singing songs here on a Sunday, but actually it is about every aspect of our lives. And my hope and my prayer over this time has been that as we discover this together, as we remind ourselves of these things together, that actually we become more intimate worshippers of a God who is worthy. The simple fact is, You and I were created to worship. That's the very reason that we are here. If you want to know your reason for existing, it was for a relationship with God that you might know him and worship him. Nothing else in your life will ever truly satisfy. Nothing else in your life will ever truly hit the spot. And over the past couple of weeks, we've looked at this idea of why we lift our hands in worship. We've looked together at why we bring our gifts to a God who is worthy in worship and why that is such an important aspect. And today, I want us to focus together on a subject of worship, an aspect of worship that we don't necessarily always associate with worship itself. Today, I want us to look together at the subject of what it means to pour our hearts out in worship. You see, Worship is not simply something we do with our mouths. It's not simply something that we do with our minds. But worship is something that we do from the depths of our souls. Some in this room right now or online, you might find yourself at the moment in a position where for you life is great, everything feels pleasant, things are going your way, and everything feels good. You feel truly blessed. And today, you might be finding yourself pouring out of your soul from a place of gratitude to God as an act of worship. For some in this place today or watching online, life might feel a little bit bland for you at the moment. You're neither high nor low. It merely feels, if you're honest, like you're just existing. Even when we find ourselves in that place, there is still an opportunity to pour out our heart towards God, because actually God is faithful, even when we don't feel it. Some today, however, here or online, you might find yourself in a difficult season. And in many respects, whilst this is a message for everyone today, and I hope we all take something from what we're going to be looking at together this morning, my hope and my prayer is that it touches those particularly who find themselves in that place right now. What my hope is for this morning is that as we open up God's word together, what we will see and what we will learn together is pouring out our hearts towards him, however we're feeling right now, is an act of worship to God. And with that in mind, we're going to look at a few portions of scripture, particularly this morning from the Psalms, a lot of it written by David, where he finds himself in a very low point in his life. So the first bit of scripture we're going to look at together this morning comes from Psalm 142, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 to 5 together. And this is what it says. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaints. Before him I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watches over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for for me. Look and see. There is no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. 
I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Notice the language that David is using here. He's not saying, oh God, you're wonderful, you're brilliant. You know, Christians are really good at times, aren't they? At this kind of fake triumphalism. We think that because we have the victory in Jesus, we have to go around with this fake smile plastered on our face all the time. And everything's rosy and everything's wonderful. And actually what we're really feeling is like we're dying inside. But hallelujah, Jesus is on the throne. Everything is brilliant. Have you ever been in that place? or felt like you should be in that place. You come along to church sometimes and you feel like that's how you've got to act because, hey, that's what everyone else does when they get together. And is it any wonder that our default position, therefore, when times are hard, where it feels like we hit hit rock bottom, is that we don't find that we have the strength or the energy or the capacity to worship God? What we see from our passage today is David doing something very specific. What's that? Verse 2, I pour out before him my complaints. Before him, I tell my trouble. When David is at his lowest point, when it feels like he's hit rock bottom, what does he do? He pours out his complaints and tells God of his trouble. And then what? Skip to verse 5, we see him say this, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. David uses that kind of language in another part of the Psalms too. Psalm 62 verse 8, for example, tells us this. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. The word that David uses here for refuge is very poignant in the life of David. You see, in his time, there were six cities in Israel which were places of refuge. Effectively, what that meant was that if you accidentally killed someone, you could run to one of these places of refuge because your life now was in danger as well. And as a result of that, you could hide in this place of refuge and find safety and exactly that, refuge from what had happened. And what David is showing us here is at his lowest point, when it feels like his world is caving in. Instead of running from God, he runs towards God because he is the only one who he knows can actually truly provide him a place of safety and refuge in the midst of the storms of life. So today, if that's you, call out to him. Pour out your complaints to him. Whatever you're going through, whatever you are facing right now, come to him, run to him. And later on, we're going to create a bit of space in our service to do exactly that together. And to help us to do that today, I want to give a couple of points from Scripture to help us to understand what it truly means to pour out our hearts to him. And as we do that, my hope and my prayer is that God meets with people here today in a very special and powerful way. So number one, as we pour out our hearts, we need to be people who remember God's faithfulness in the past. And with that in mind, let's turn to another psalm. We're going to look at Psalm 42 together this morning, which says this, as the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you, my gods. My soul thirsts for you, for the living gods. Where can I go to meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. 
While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I will remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Miser, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and your breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God's. We're not completely sure who wrote this particular psalm, but many scholars believe that David wrote this psalm, and he wrote it probably after his son Absalom had rebelled against him. You see, when Absalom, his son, turned against him, many people around David at the time started to question whether God himself had turned against David. People were effectively saying, God must have rejected you, David, because this shouldn't be happening to you if he hadn't. David, once again, finds himself in a low point in his life. In verse 3, David says, My tears have been my food day and night. Have you ever felt like that? You cry yourself to sleep. You're hurting. You feel alone. Your tears have been your food. David says, people are telling me all day long, where is your God? If you're serving God, these things wouldn't be happening to you. Maybe that's how you feel today. Where are you, God? Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this in my life at the moment? But for David here, verse 4 is the key, which says this, these things I will remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. David is saying, I am hurting right now. Everything feels against me right now. I don't want to go through what I am going through right now. But in the midst of my hurt, in the midst of my heartache, in the midst of my pain and questions, these things I will remember as I pour out my soul. These are the things that I'm going to remember as I cry out to God. These are the things I am choosing to remember when everything within me aches. I remember how I used to go to the house of the Lord under the protection of the mighty one. I remember the shouts of joy and thanksgiving. And notice what happens. There's a definite change of tone when we reach verse 5. When he chooses to remember, he asks himself the question, Why, soul, are you downcast within me? Why so disturbed? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my saviour, and my God. David remembers the faithfulness of God in the past, and then he asks himself the question, 
Why are you so downcast? Do you know what God has done for you in the past? You know the things God has brought you through in the past. Therefore, you know that there is hope for the future. And he gives this exhortation to himself to put that hope in God. Put your hope in the one who has proven faithful to you in the past. Today, maybe you are here and it feels like life is at rock bottom for you. Today, maybe you are here and actually it feels like there is no hope. Pour out your complaints to God. Because Scripture teaches us it's okay to do that. In Scripture, we could turn to another phenomenal story of a man named Jeremiah and look at Lamentations chapter 3 together today. Jeremiah at this time was going through a tough time in his life. He even says about himself, I am a man who has seen great affliction. This is what he says, in fact. I am a man who has seen great affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in the darkness rather than the light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. This goes on for about 20 verses, this kind of rhetoric from this man, Jeremiah. And what it shows us once again is that today you have permission to bring your complaint before God. Today I want to encourage you to cry out to God, whatever the situations and the circumstances that you are facing right now, cry out to him, whether it's, Lord, financially right now, I am a wreck. Whether it's, Lord, there's relationships in my life at the moment which don't feel like they are going the right way, and if you don't show up, I don't know how this is going to go. Cry out to God on behalf of your children today, or those around you, and say, God, I can't understand why they're still living the way they're living. If you don't show up, God, if you don't do something about this situation and circumstance, this could all go very wrong. Some people think it's disrespectful to come to God in this kind of way, but here's the thing. God knows your heart anyway, and he has broad shoulders, and he gives you permission today to come to him and to cry out to him however you are feeling right now. But look in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, and see what happens in the life of Jeremiah. He says this, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I will call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. In the midst of this desperate cry from his soul. He recalls once again the goodness of God. And what happens? He has hope. He remembers the Lord's great love for him. And he knows that he's not going to be consumed because the Lord's compassion never fails. Today, some of us are here and maybe we need to take a moment to remember what God has already brought you through. Remember the storms that have gone before and how they have not crushed you because of the faithfulness of God. And that will then once again prove to us 
that what you're going through now won't be the end. Remember how God has healed relationships in the past. Remember when that time where finances have been tight, but God has provided. Remember that day where you came to church and it felt to you like the preacher was preaching exactly to you and you only. In the midst of your pain, you can still worship him by pouring out your heart to him. That's the first thing we're going to do as we think about worship today. In the midst of what we're facing, we're going to pour out our hearts, and we're going to do that by remembering the faithfulness of God in the past. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the indifferent. When we remember how God has brought us through in the past, it gives us hope for the future. And that's the second point this morning. We're going to trust in God's faithfulness that gives us hope for the future. And to help us understand this, we're going to look at another psalm together this morning. So again, if you've got a Bible in front of you, if you want to turn with me to Psalm 102. And this is what it says. Hear my prayer, Lord. Let me cry for help. Come to you. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me. When I call, answer me quickly. For my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. In my distress, I groan aloud and I'm reduced to skin and bones. I am like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake. I have become like a bird alone on a roof all day long for my enemies taunt me. Those who rail against me Use my name as a curse, for I eat ashes as my food and mingle my drink with tears because of your great wrath. For you have taken me and thrown me aside. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither like grass. The psalmist here is at the lowest point in his life. He's absolutely pouring out his heart towards God, pouring out his complaint to God. Life is really, really bleak for him. But if we go on, we see a turnaround in verse 12. And there are three pivotal words, if we were to look at verse 12 together this morning, which change everything. This is what verse 12 says, but you, lords, sit in thrones forever. Your renown endures through generations. And from that point on, the psalm takes a very different tone. And the writer begins to focus on the greatness and the faithfulness of God. And you see a trust enter his rhetoric, and the tone is hopeful for what is to come. You might feel today like life is falling apart right now. You might not understand what you're facing in life right now. And right now, in this moment, you need to cry out your complaint to God. But eventually, a turning point will come when you reach your own but you, Lord, moment. When you learn to push through the pain that you're facing to a point of praise. God, I don't understand what I'm going through right now. I don't understand where I am at right now. But you, Lord, are still in control. But you, Lord, are still on the throne. But you, Lord, promise to work out everything together for good for those who love you and accord according to your purposes. 
because it's in reminding ourselves of God's goodness and his nature that we realize once again that God is close to the brokenhearted and he is still worthy of our praise. And that gives us a perspective shift which helps us to trust him in the future. You know, the amazing thing about Scripture is it really does pull no punches. There are no contrite accounts in Scripture which make us think that when we turn to follow Jesus, everything is going to be rosy from here on in, and everything is going to be wonderful. No, quite the opposite. In the Psalms that we've looked at together today, we have seen David in despair. And what does he do? Not some lame Christian triumphalist response where he goes around saying, hallelujah, everything is okay, when it feels like he is dying inside. But he pours out his heart. He offers his tears as an act of worship. How? By bringing to God his complaints, by reminding himself of God's faithfulness in the past and trusting in God's provision for the future. I believe that there are some among us today or even watching online who today need their own but you, Lord, moment. So the big question today is simply this. What do you need to pour out before God right now? What are the things in your life which you have been holding on to which perhaps have become a barrier to you worshipping God up to this point? The fact of the matter is, church, the God that we worship has broad shoulders, and today, as part of our worship, he is longing for you to pour out your heart to him. Whatever is going on in your life right now, don't hold back from coming to Jesus. I want to finish with another story from Scripture. It's a story of a remarkable woman named Hannah. Hannah was desperate to have a baby, but she couldn't. She was incredibly emotional one day and she went to the temple and in that moment what she does is she just simply pours out her heart to God. And Eli the priest was there and he was watching and he sees this woman crying and her lips moving but no words coming out and he assumes that as he looks at this woman she is drunk. So he rebukes her and says, go home and sober up. She tells him, I'm not drunk. Just incredibly sad and I'm pouring out my heart towards God. Pouring out her heart to God, she brings the weight of her sadness and the full weight of her grief to a God who has broad shoulders. And once Eli realizes what is going on, he says this to her, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And after doing so, we read these words in 1 Samuel 1 and verse 17. She went on her way, and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Do you see what happens? After pouring out her heart, Hannah has her own but you, Lord, moment. And as a result, the weight of everything that she has been carrying up to that point doesn't seem quite so heavy anymore. Today, if you are in need of your own but you, Lord, moment, don't let this moment pass you by. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. and We're going to worship God together in a moment. Our prayer team could maybe go and position themselves somewhere at the back. Why don't the rest of us stand? 
maybe in the silence in this moment, start to pour out your heart towards God. Things that you're carrying, burdens you might be facing, questions that you might have right now. Let this be a holy moment where you just come to God simply as you are. When the music fades and all is stripped away, Simply come. But it doesn't take a profit to realize in a room with this many people in, there are people here hurting and struggling right now. Prayer is that you'll meet each and every one of us at our point of need. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Do what only you can do. sing together my encouragement for you this morning is if you find yourself in a place of despair in a place of questioning in a place of hardship right now as we sing I'd encourage you to go to the back we've got a prayer team who are available to meet with you this morning to pray for you and to lay a hand on your shoulder when we started this series we talked about that time when Moses was on the mountaintop and he was lifting his hands, and as he lifted his hands, the battle that the Israelites were facing was going well. But when his hands dropped, the battle went the other way, and he needed people to lift his arms up for him. Today, we've got a prayer team. Be at the back, and they'll help you to lift your arms up. They'll help you to pour out your complaint and put a hand on your shoulder and pray with you, and pray God's blessing over you, and pray that God meets with you this morning. My encouragement as we sing, is don't let that moment pass you by. Be brave, receive prayer, and just as Hannah did, have that but you, Lord, moment. Pray that in doing so, the burdens will be lifted, and you'll go lighter from this place, and be able to trust in a God who is faithful for the future. Let's sing together this morning. And if you want to receive prayer, our prayer team are on hand to meet with you.